Blog Talk Radio. Sunday Night Roundtable. I'm your host, 80% Bobby Clark, 19% Alex Trebek, and 1% Ryan Reynolds, a.k.a. Timmy D. And of course, from the multi-million dollar Robinson Compound in Palatial, 90210 Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania, it's world-renowned podcast delayer, Black Cloud Prevair, unable to make it rain, he ain't no player, it's DJ Puffy Caucasian also known as Tom Robinson. How are you tonight, Tom? I'm good, Joel Gertner. Um, I was just <laughs> eating some caviar. Um, I would expect while you nothing were, uh, While you were mentioning how, uh, how well I'm doing in this podcast profession, I, uh, I love uh, being a professional podcaster here on Mother's Day uh, 2018. So uh, if if there's any mothers that listen to us, which would be a, a real stretch, but you never know. You never Happy know. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, kudos and shout-outs to all the moms who put up with all of us buffoons. Because without you, we'd be nowhere. So, Oh, and we've already... Yeah. Uh, we have already uh, got a caller, so let's, uh, let's well, check I, this I do, out. Well, I do have... I do have a surprise guest or two, right, maybe. Well, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's bring him on and see who this is. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. Sunday Night Roundtable. Hey, gentlemen. Mike in Pittsburgh. How's it going? Hey, hey Mike. Mike how's, how you how's doing, doing buddy? I'm feeling good. Uh, a lifelong Celtics fan. And let me tell you guys, after the game ended today, I wasn't overly joyed. I wasn't content. The first thing on my mind was game two on Tuesday. And I expect the Celtics to remember last year when the Cavaliers embarrassed them twice in Boston. Boston, I think they beat them by over 30 twice. That's the mentality they got to come into game two. They can't get too full of themselves because let me tell you, LeBron James is going to come out Tuesday with an historic effort, and the Celtics are going to have to play even better than they did today and match the intensity LeBron's going to come out with Tuesday. Uh, I saw some very, very encouraging signs, but the one thing, they're a young team, and I don't want all this hype. You know, tomorrow on all the talk shows, Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp are going to start you know, saying, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe the Celtics can do this. I don't want that mentality for Boston. I want them to think last year when Cleveland humiliated them in Boston and take that effort into game two on Tuesday. Well, Mike, I, uh, this is TR, 
Tim's on the other side tonight on the Sunday Night Roundtable. Wednesday's our flagship NBA show, but I will answer you in a serious tone. Sometimes we make some jokes, so if I'm a little lighthearted in response, uh, that is why. I, uh, I am from Philadelphia and a lifelong Sixers fan, and I just watched Boston basically kill us. Um, it, it opened my eyes to the genius of Brad Stevens. It opened my eyes to uh, just how much better uh, of a GM Danny Ainge is than anybody in the league. And although last year, uh, like you mentioned, the Cavs seem to have that number like they do with Toronto, but this is a very different season. And although Kyrie is not playing, he's not playing for Cleveland either. I I do respect what you're saying. Uh, LeBron has been playing out of his mind. Uh, today was not a typical game of the way he's been playing, but that that Celtics D is tough, and everybody it seems they put on the floor when you weren't even noticing somehow without, you know, unless you're a Celtics diehard, all those guys can shoot, man. They can score. They move the ball. They are tough, man. Well, the genius of Brad Stevens, and I agree with you 100%, everyone has to realize in college he took Butler to back-to-back NCAA championship games and was a Gordon Hayward three-point shot away at the buzzer of beating Duke. So nothing that he could do would shock me. I mean, if they could beat the Cavs, and I guess the dream scenario as a Celtics fan is you want Houston to beat Golden State somehow. And then right. have, because I think the Celtics match up with them, Harden and Paul, that's right in the Celtics' wheelhouse. You know, they can run, you know, four or five people, you know, guards and, and small forwards at Harden and Paul and make everyone else, you know, and get on them, you know, the three-point shooters, just like they did to Philly, you know, Bellinelli and, and, and Redick, and that seems what they're doing. Somehow they're managing, like, the Giannis, you know, Ben Simmons and LeBron somehow one-on-one, but yet being able to stay with these three-point shooters on in all these series so far. And that, that you're exactly right. That is the genius of Brad Stevens, how he's doing it. Yeah, and even the little the little subtle move today of, of, of starting Morris uh, out of nowhere. And, I mean, of course, Morris said himself to the media, to the media and he has proven in the past that, other than Kawhi Leonard, he considers himself the greatest pick to defend uh, LeBron James, and certainly uh, LeBron didn't prove him different, but we both know LeBron's a different kind of cat. He's going to come out, and uh, he's not going to score 15 points in game two. However, I, I just I had the uh, Celtics in seven. I think it's a, a home series, and they might even steal one in Cleveland and, and do it in six. I, I don't feel strongly about Cleveland this year. I mean, I hope I don't jinx your team by that, but uh, I just feel real strong about about Boston because I watched them really just the, – the, the series rose my blood pressure when they were just – anything we threw at them, they were ready for. So so what's the um, adjustment for, 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 for Cleveland? Do you post up LeBron James? Do you uh, have someone else bring the ball up and post them up and then set picks for them down low um, to create mismatches to free up these three-point shooters? Because the the main problem I saw is they literally don't have anyone else to create a shot. 
other than LeBron James. It's it's not George Hill. It, 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 you know, it's not J.R. Smith. It's not Kevin Love. Couldn't even take like Marcus Smart at will down low. Um, Celtics were putting up some some resistance. So I'd like to know your adjustment Cleveland makes um, in game two. Uh, do you think they're going to post up LeBron or, or what's the adjustment? Well, we both know LeBron doesn't like it down there in, in, in a dirty spot. He likes to uh, be the primary ball handler. But, yes, I do think you'll see some of that. And uh, I also think that – I think I think Boston's going to beat them again, to be honest with you. I think whatever they throw at them, it, it almost seemed like it's, at some points it was one against five today. And and that one was being doubled and weak side help. And whenever he took a shot, there were people in the paint. And it's just – Boston is really clicking at the right time now. Like you said, the Rockets, I mean, I don't want to go past this series because it's an important series, but the Rockets uh, would be a better matchup, absolutely, because Golden State has, you know, certainly three options that, that they got to get around the defending. And, uh, you know, you could make a case for, for Draymond and, uh, and uh, Iguodala and even bench players like Livingston and so forth. So, you know, I don't want to jump ahead, but uh, – but as far as the Eastern Conference, man, I'm, a, I'm just like, like I said, I don't want to jinx it, but I see Boston as a much stronger team, and I never thought I'd say that without Hayward or Kyrie Irving, but those dudes are freaking good, man. <laughs> well, he, he, here's my last comment, guys, and, I, and I'll go. I don't want to take up too much of your time, and if you could just leave me on to listen um, to the show. No um, I don't think, and I'm a Celtics fan, so I, I'm not saying this biased, I've never really seen a team this young grow this quickly in the playoffs. I mean, they, they were in a game seven against Milwaukee um, where a lot of people yeah. were picking them. You know, you lose that game and, and, and all these weeks, and we're not even at this point. Uh, I, I just uh, – <laughs> it, it's kind of hard to believe. I mean, I've seen it in college over like a tournament run where a, a young team could – you know, just get better and better and better, but it's always in the NBA. You know, I've been watching since the early 80s. You have to pay your dues, you know. Jordan has to get past Detroit. Um, you know, Golden State, you know, uh, they got to get past the, the Lakers or the Spurs, you know, recently. But it seems like the Celtics, you know, here are breaking the mold. They're just so young, and it's like every single game and every series, they just get better and better. And, and like you said, with Brad Stevens, you kind of feel like the sky's the limit after what he did in college with Butler, that almost anything's, you know, possible with these guys. But uh, that's all I got, guys, and uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Wednesday we go hardcore on all this stuff. So, please, if you're around between uh, – what the hell we go – what time are we going on, Tim, Wednesday? What do we do? Eight to o'clock? Eight o'clock. Yeah. 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, so, yeah, Mike, Mike, please, uh, you know, we'll have a few games under our belt by then so we can talk more, all right? Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that was, that was Mike from Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh accent, you can tell very uh, uh, subtly if you're from around here. I mean, if you if you watch a... My old buddy Mark Madden, who I don't know if you like, I know I think Nate doesn't like him, but uh, yeah, no, Nate's he's got a radio show. He's got a radio show up there, and um, 
Shane Douglas, you know, you always, uh, you could probably uh, hear that little uh, twang there in the Shane Douglas promos. But yeah, Pittsburgh is a tough city, and uh, you know, I, I on Wednesday if he calls, I'll, I'll have more time with Mike and ask him how he became a Celtics fan living in Pittsburgh. They don't have an NBA franchise, so I guess that it was kind of his free pick. It's kind of, you know, uh, it's kind of surprising, isn't it? Well, they don't. Like I said, they don't have an NBA franchise, and we are the Sixers are right. But, but, six hours but yeah, away. But isn't that kind of surprising that they? Why, why don't they? They've got football. They've got hockey. They've got baseball. Why don't uh, they have an that NBA was your team? Point. Yeah, that was your point. My bad. Is there uh, a reason for uh, that? that question. Me being a Canadian doesn't know about that. Uh, good question. Um, I'm not sure since they have three. They're not exactly a large market, but uh, no. I but know. I mean, clearly, um, if they can support a. I mean, I would imagine of the of the three they have, I mean, an, an NFL team certainly not cheap, and an, a Major League Baseball team definitely, from a salary standpoint and all that, definitely not cheap. Boy, we're a busy place tonight. Let's uh, go back to the boards, and I uh, got another call. Don't know who it is, but here we go. Let's is this see. our surprise guest? I I don't know. We'll find out if I can get hey. on here. There we go. Hi, how are you? Oh, there it is. A voice yes. that I know, but she doesn't know mine. But everybody, welcome to Sunday Night Roundtable. It is the lovely, the adorable Karen. Hi, how are you? I am Karen, well. We are as well, oh, I believe. Sorry. Go ahead, Tom. Good. Karen, how how are you? A long time no speak. Yeah, I'm doing real good. Um, I had to like break up with my boyfriend. My therapist made me. Because he's a bad guy, but I love him. Still hanging on to that, huh? <laughs> yeah, but she finally made me stop. But we were really getting along with the end. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's the same with all these damn relationships. Uh, life has its ups and downs, man. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Um, but I I uh, thought that a therapist I thought that a therapist is supposed to help you come to your own decisions, not make up your mind for you. Yeah, I mean uh, Ooh, that, that could be a valid thought. argument. I mean, it might be it might be like one of those old bait and switch where they they have the sign on the door for our limited funds, and it's just some some uh, female or male that's not just telling you whatever they want to say. To, do you want me to bring on your second guest or not? Oh yeah, if that if that's who I think it is. Uh, well, I, it's your area code, so I'm going to assume that, okay. that, that, yeah, 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 that yeah. that's who it is. All right, you are on the air, sir or madam. Yay for me! What's up, gentlemen? Is that Muff? Yo, what's going on? Yeah, this is hey. cool because I wasn't sure. I wasn't oh, man, sure I, I was having like Karen. A... I wasn't sure I was having uh-huh. Karen. So I got Muff, and then I got Karen back, so I figured we'll have a little reunion for a couple right, minutes. I feel, like, very out of place here, like this is old old boys no, right here or something going no, on. No, you're good. You're good, Tim. Oh, no, well, I'm Muff not going won't... anywhere. Don't don't get me wrong, but I, I feel very outnumbered here. PA3, Canada 1 here at this point. <laughs> at least you saw well, somebody I... left so in the playoffs. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like every important hockey game lately. <laughs> oh, it's been hellish up here, but 
right, let me let me talk to Karen a little bit uh, real real quick because there was just what I mean it, it doesn't have to be in depth or anything but just something that was I was curious about. Um, you always no, you mentioned said you had a lot of questions. You said you had a lot of questions about Red Bar. <laughs> yeah, the, well, let's let's crawl before we walk because you you know you might um, answer what I need to know early on. Uh, I have, okay. I, I always, I always heard you speaking of this program, uh, on your show, uh, monumental waste of time, ironically on our other guest, Chris Kabafa, his laughcast.com. Um, Yay. by coincidence. Yeah. But, uh, when I was up there, I really didn't know, you know, I didn't know what the fuck to talk about. So anyway, but, um, you mentioned this red bar and I always said, I want to get around to listening to this and see what this is all about. And, I just never did for like time until a little bit last night and a little bit today. And the dude has a big time professional studio, and I believe he said he's based out of Chicago. First of all, how how did you hook up with this this Mike David? Well, um, that was an interesting story. Um, he has a show where um, he focuses on fools, um, his interpretation of fools that emerged from the entertainment industry often stand-up comics. Mm. And um, he he had some episodes that were highly negative in their coverage about um, Joe Matarese, the comedian that I'm fascinated with and obsessed with. So so something happened where I was like hating him at once for the nature of his broadcast and then also secretly loving him for being the kind of broadcaster that, you know, is admirable. You know, he built his own network. He uh, speaks his mind. I don't always agree with what Mike says, but um, I admire what he does. Okay. So originally it was the connection from Matt Arise that that sparked your attention, and all of a sudden you said, Hey, this is pretty enjoyable, and then the relationship began, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, because I was writing him like about, even though I didn't like him, the personality, I was writing him with questions about Joe, and he was answering me. And along the way, he was saying, "Hey, keep up the good work with your show. I really enjoy it." And it was very inspirational to me because we had just started on Laughcast, and um, when you're a small podcast somebody who's doing it on a high level um, gives you encouragement. It's very rewarding. Okay. One other thing I was thinking about when I was, I I flipped around a little bit after uh, I I Googled or whatever you call it, searched Karen from Philly and they gave me like uh, five options, but maybe I was doing it wrong, but one or two of them said you need to be part of this network to hear this or maybe subscriptions or something. And then I, I clicked on one where he was just saying him and somebody on like a Skype deal, like a foreign accent, were talking very high. Uh, that's animator Sven Stoffels. That's animator Sven Stoffels. Um, you can check him out on his YouTube channel, Sven Streams. Okay, cool. Um, so then I, you know, I ventured, I figured I'd click something recent. And something I've been way into is uh, Artie and Anthony over there on Compound Media. And he brought up the new stand-up comic, Dave Landau, from uh, the Detroit area. And he basically was burying him. And (laughs) my immediate reaction was, 
and I know you love when people bury. I know the old you. I mean, you don't like to be in confrontation, but you do like to participate and grab a bag of popcorn. Am I correct? Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, you know, like I, I think I just think it's funny that somebody's zeroed in on comedy like this. Like, I don't have anything against Dave Landau, and I, I just respect him as a comedian on a grind. But it is funny to watch Mike like just, just try to, you know constantly destroy this guy and it's just funny like it's just funny to watch and my point is that the people that are the subject of this are usually comedians and they should know how to accept it and deal with it right instead of internalize but my my as a viewer my my immediate since i'm a big fan of uh what they do over there was like who the fuck are you mike from red bar you know what i mean but <laughs> But he's yeah. he's also yeah. he's also got a killer studio and a killer setup and great sound effects. Obviously knows what he's doing from a production standpoint. Uh, so in a way, uh, you know, he could he could come back like, "Who the fuck are you on this uh, on this J Bro Network?" Too, if you know, if he heard me. But yeah, um, well, who he <laughs> is who he is is somebody who was who was um, a pioneer on the. Um, podcast scene like his show is like you know maybe 15 years deep now and um he's always had the latest equipment and the latest like you know he's been doing this for so long and he has just a a a really cool fan base um so it's it's it he 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 does have a position of strength all right, can I come back to you and let uh, Frank from Flin Flom talk to Chris a little bit and just hang on with us? Sure, sure, totally. Go ahead, go, go ahead, Tim and Chris. Frank from Flin Flom, who's that? Uh, your your cousin or brother or alter ego <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> Crazy cousin Frank, oh. <laughs> yeah, Frank gave up on the playoffs about two rounds back. When the, when the Flyers crashed and burned, he, he'd had enough. He packed his bag. We didn't get rid of him by accident, did we? I don't know if Chris is still there. No, maybe he fell asleep. What do you think of your going? of your Flyers? What's your what's your overall uh, rating of the year? Uh, I can't decide still whether or not it was a goalie situation or a coach situation, but uh, I guess it's easy to peg the goalie. Well, fair enough. I mean, they, it was pretty sad, <laughs> but there again. Like, they know that, right? Like, they've never had – it's been years since there's been somebody steady there. So Years and years and years and years. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, in all honesty, I can't even come up with a name. I go back, like, as far as, like, Pelly Lindbergh. I mean, God, what's that? I was going to say, our, our last – our last good goal, he crashed a bird, literally. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair, okay, fair enough. I, I will allow that. <laughs> There was no five holes going through there. <laughs> no. no, that was the top corners there. Yeah, I can't, like I said, I, I don't know why they can't. Do Who is the, I mean, Ron Hextall is a goalie, for God's sake. Surely well, he, he ought to he know. He at least fought. He at least fought Yeah, people. but surely he ought to know. He's the guy who's responsible for getting people into that organization. Surely he should realize they need a goalie. And what are they organization, do? He really is Canadian. They throw a couple million dollars at Brian Elliott, who couldn't stop a beach ball 
with a shovel, and as we say up here, and you know it's the same old song and dance down there. Sorry for you, Flyer fans. He used to be great. He used to be great on Letterman, though. Sorry, old reference. Never mind. Um, oh God, Tom. Joe Matarese was on Letterman twice. <laughs> well, I, I, I can offer Valmar. I am going to have to suggest to you that you give up on Joe Matarese. You're going to have to let him go. Uh-oh. I don't even know who he is. Oh, no. Um, well, he hates me right now. He hates me. Oh, well, there you go. Now, can, now, can you expand? Uh, um, Muff, jump in because you know about this shit, too. But, uh, Karen... Uh, why does why does Joe Matarese hate hate you presently? Uh, go ahead, Muff. I, I want to know how can, anyone can hate Karen. It's just ridiculous. But uh, even though everyone know, does, Joe, <laughs> that's not true. It's not the uh, sixty-five thousand text messages, is it? I would I would imagine that Joe is, uh, uh, feels slightly threatened. Uh, you know. Being the fact that uh, Karen has helped shed light on, uh, you know, his his scam of of a lifestyle. I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. Are you just a fan or are you a stalking? Fan? No, well, I, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan, and I also love him. The thing that um, he's doing now is he's upset because I came to a show of his with. Um, co-host Steve Miller Miller and we um, filmed the show not his set but we filmed the show and um, some of it was like kind of like eccentric and it got simulcast on Red Bar <laughs> and, and Red Bar is and Red Bar is like you know Joe's arch enemy and Joe is probably um, jealous and mad that I like Red Bar, but I like Red Bar and I like Joe. I'm a confused wow. bitch. Yeah, as 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 bitches all are. Um, it's yeah. Happy Mother's Day, too. <laughs> Terrible. Happy Mother's story. Day. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you guys want to hear the full story on, on what happened that day, check out episode 23 of Monumental Waste of Time. And uh, Steve and Karen go through the full rundown of... of uh, you know, what happened during the meeting of Joe? Okay. You got that crazy bastard Steve Miller Miller in the LaughCast studios with you, uh, Karen? Uh, yeah, Steve is um, it's pretty close to being definite. Um, Steve is a permanent co-host now, and so is Karen Phil fan. My number nice. one fan. Steve, Steve's an interesting, interesting gentleman. He, uh... I remember going to a Sixers game with him. He got a block of tickets uh, when they before they started winning, and you could actually get a block of tickets. And uh, basketball fan, regular dude, but just uh, admittedly calls himself a quote gutter faggot who bangs Asian boys, uh, a man I should say uh, on the air. But, <laughs> but yeah, interesting cat, funny dude, funny dude for sure. Um. He's, he's hilarious and entertaining. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, a great stand-up and a uh, good podcast guest and now host. So uh, I'll, I'll never, yeah, I'll he's never the I'll never understand why he's a Cleveland Browns fan, but that's neither here nor there. 
Yeah, that's that's a weird thing. But I mean, we all got our little weirdness, I think, uh, in this foursome. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> little weirdness. <laughs> Yeah. Um Yeah, do we really want to go there? Probably not. A little a little a little little more uh on the boyfriend situation. Your therapists don't want you there. I would probably tell you if we had a heart to heart judging from your old descriptions that it, that you were kind of like a side John who he likes to pump his his uh proverbial uh fuck it. He just likes to the you know hit that. It, but Uh yeah, she called me a comb dump. A thumbs up, yes. Um, and uh, where do I go from there? Um, so so the, there's emotional attachment that came along with that wild sex and, and whatnot, I guess, on your end, I gather. Uh, yeah, but it was also I really liked having a man in my life, and he was like a strong man. Mm. And that's, that's an African-American. Like, Did we lose Chris? Or is he still yeah. Here? I think we just lost him. This would you believe? Like we didn't plan on having. We didn't think there'd be anybody calling. The switchboard is like eight deep. Like no, no word of a lie. Yeah, we never had guys, this many callers ever. There, wow. I think we got. That's a shame because you guys on. have a good show and it's a good setup. So yeah, we got Chris back, I believe. Yeah, you guys have any technical issues there? No, uh, not technical. The switchboard is like uh, overflowing. Yeah, yeah, it's probably Red Bar. Hey, Fester, Fester, it's probably Red Bar fans. So hit the phones. Okay, well let's let's see who this one is. This one, this one doesn't even have a number. It says anonymous. So let's let's check. Okay. Of course, not good. Go ahead, you're on there. Oh, it's very Talk, faggot. All right. Well, we got nothing there. I'm on censor, okay. Karen. I'm sorry if I get out of hand. Yeah, you get nothing. Yeah, that All was right. weird. Continue, continue on. We're we're good again. Everybody went away after that remark. <laughs> I, I used I used the street. I used the street lingo <laughs> on Sunday night. Cleared the room. The bull just again. took a shit in the china shop. You know. Yeah, well, that, sometimes that'll do it. You wondered where our 10% yeah. well, viewership you from, from uh, California went, Tom. Now you know. Hey, who cares? Who cares? I just, uh, I'm, yeah, well, I'm, I'm me. I'm free. I am me and free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe just as a, a form of advice, wait till they say something negative first before you go in on them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always expecting the negative. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do we got over there at Laughcast, Muff? Any, any, any? Uh, I, I saw a little bit of. Uh, actually, Karen was in the room with me. That's what had her fresh on my mind. Uh, the the uh, Steve Reese, the passive aggressive hour last week. Well, well, our downfall has begun since uh, White Man Can't Jump has left the platform. But uh, we're trying to. Keep the ship upright uh, with our fantastic shows of Monumental Waste of Time every other Sunday. I think the next show is coming up this Sunday. Uh, the past yeah. hour every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Um, and we got a new show that's kind of uh, just getting the ball rolling 
called uh, I Should Know Better or I Know Better with uh, Megan Getz and Buddy Harris. Pretty funny show. Uh, that'll that'll kind of come come out more so as they get rolling. And, Bernard uh, gets new better as well. Hey, yeah, yeah, Bernie. Uh, and then we have as, our music show. Go, go ahead, Karen. Has has your move worked out? Like what what what's going on? Uh, yes, it has it has worked out. Other than. We we cannot match the fine, excellent, as we told him uh, before, during, and after, the production values that Chris provided are unmatched in the industry, in my opinion. Yeah, I dig yeah, it. Hear, yeah, hear that, Mike David. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to hear something? But you want to know something cool? We got paid. What's that? We got paid. Uh, that's sweet. Yeah, well, yeah, it's sweet and, and very uh, and very surprising. I don't like money. Uh, yeah, we we turned out we all did doing a podcast. Yeah, it turned out we all did. It was uh, really quite bizarre to uh, to actually get a check for podcasting. It was crazy. Yeah, we actually got Tim Tim doing a hockey show, which I was like, "Fuck that shit!" And uh, the motherfuckers got the same <laughs> listeners as the basketball show. So whatever. <laughs> Go Canada. Well, congratulations. Free healthcare yeah, rule. Congrats, congrats to you guys. Is there any any anything I should be asking you more about? Now you kind of answered most of my questions, so I can't really. If that's his format where he just kind of uh, almost like a uh, like a more well, no, uh, more it, dur- no, he he doesn't just slam people. Okay, he does. I mean, he does, but he has a great. Um, he has a great show, probably the internet's best show on the coverage of not obscure media, but like internet media. And he does some mainstream stuff too. Like he'll cover um, like trailers or some stuff on Netflix, but um, his coverage of like internet media is, is, is so incredible. Yeah, I, I did notice I was going to make a comparison, and, and I didn't want you to jump in and, and kill me, but I was going to make a comparison of, like, Tosh or uh, a talk soup, but a little more uh, direct and a little more, like you said, a different uh, genre of things to attack as opposed to, like, doing fluffy comedy writer gay jokes. And I mean gay in the slang way. Okay. <laughs> the old okay, slang right. way. So, 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 um, so Mike is doing talk soup. <laughs> okay. See, I didn't want you to think um, that. I, 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 it was reminiscent of that, but when he when he says that fucking guy sucks, I never hold, heard Joel McHale say that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Was, so, but the, the the brilliant thing that Mike has going on right now is his coverage of the dying genre of stand-up comedy. I, I, man, I, I don't know. Chris was making money over there in media, over hand over foot with that shit. But I couldn't imagine. Uh, am I wrong? Is it overblown that you can't do a joke anymore without a groan if it's if it's a, a minor bit offensive? Well, I, I've been out of stand up, but um, he concentrates on like the cringy factors, like someone telling the same jokes for eight to ten, fifteen years, like. It's like rehearse, you know, like in his definition, um, 
like rehearsed and scripted entertainment is not the wave of the future, you know. Well, I get that. that. I agree that I agree with that. Uh, spontaneity spontaneity rather. And uh also evolving but not but not losing who you are and being a pussy and just doing an act what people you think want to hear. I you know. But, but I, 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 I wanna just reach out let one last time sorry Chris. I wanna reach out one last time to Joe Matteris. Joe, I'm sorry. I love you. Um, Joe just came to Philadelphia, and um, I didn't go see him because of the rift between us. And Joe, I'm sorry, baby, and I want to I want to be back in your good graces soon. I know you listen to the show. Don't meet your heroes. All right. Nobody's I'm sorry. Gonna, nobody's. Yeah, there's no way he's not listening to this show. <laughs> That's not I mean, everybody right? does. Uh, you guys have to have more, you know, perk up, perk up, and okay. have more confidence. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to the chase now because I've been listening to you guys talk, so now it's, it's, I, I got to ask two of you a question. You guys have both known Tom long time, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, tell me a Tom story that is not typical Tom Robinson bullshit stories that we hear from Tom. Tell me, tell me one that paints a picture of Tom that I wouldn't know. If you can. All right. I mean, we all know um, we all know the tough. Uh, I'm a one beard, time, tough guy. One time I saw, you Tom. know, Tom. Tom, um, Tom used to have like a real cool, good, paying, steady job, and he <laughs> lost it for ridiculous reasons. Okay. And oh, I know this. So story. that set off a stage where he was like doing. Um, he was doing, um, you know, any kind of odd job, okay? And one night I saw him, and he was coming from tryouts for a haunted house. <laughs> so he was made up like a monster, okay? But 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 at the time, his head was completely shaved. He's like six foot two, three hundred pounds. Like his head was completely shaved, and he was like. I hope I get it. And I told him, dude, you didn't even have to put on makeup. You could have got the job. Like, <laughs> All right. And was what's Tom Robinson ever what's, quiet? What's, what's fascinating about that is I, I would not have remembered that, and, and it brought up a pleasant memory. It was just like a weird meeting in, in like, 15th and Chestnut, right? Yeah, you you were getting off a bus, like, and you had on, like, haunted house, like, for some reason, you didn't take it off. Like, you, like, left the audition, like, looking like, you know, Uncle Fester. Oh, well, Uncle Fester with a big gash in his face, yeah. But, yeah. Fester. All this, uh, Fester was, Robinson, I like it. I don't relate his story. Does any, has anybody else observed that TR looks like a mini version of Thanos? Ooh, I never really gave that a thought, but... <laughs> Look at that. I was too busy after somebody on Twitter said he looked like the blue meanie from wrestling. <laughs> Once you oh my God. you'll never not see TR again. I, I, I apparently I, I get a lot of handsome lookalikes. Um Channing Tatum, <laughs> Blue Meanie, Thanos and uh yeah, I, I always thought you kinda you kinda always reminded me of a of a tank Abbott looking sort of fellow. <laughs> hey, there's another hot one. What the fuck, man? If there's a male Maxim, I should try out. 
fucking jerk off. Well, well, what's, rather be what's Chris's story? Well, unfortunately, I mean, I have, a, I have a story, but I don't know TR as long as Karen has. And most of my interactions with TR have been in studio, um, you know, so I don't have any, you know, crazy stories of uh, somewhere on the road. But the, my favorite story with TR was one night uh, he and I believe one of his co-hosts, either Mez or, or Greg Lynn, were here in studio doing Danger Radio. And I just hired uh, my engineer, Jeff Simmons. And he, Jeff was here maybe not even a month. And uh, I asked him to come in and train on Danger Radio. And, and uh, this way he can kind of take over the engineering duties. Well, TR was, uh, I guess, in one of those moods, drinking moods that night and sucking down beers like uh, like they were going out of style. And I mean literally su- like crushing the can, drinking it right into his face. Uh, it was a beautiful sight to be be had but uh by the end of the show somehow tr had talked jeff into giving him a ride home and pretty much kidnapped jeff into taking him to the bar and i don't know if tr wants to share his side of that uh, story once they got to the bar but jeff said uh he was pretty much out all hours of the night with tr until he finally had a chance to break away and get home wow yeah yeah to me jeff's sort of in the area so I took him for that. I know you've been there, Karen. That well, maybe you're you're not as annoying as me, but that one last stop uh, that I always like say to people before I get home. Uh, in those days, I should I should say, and uh, a young 21 year old uh, Jeff was. Try, I don't want to say scared, but just alert. Uh, at I got a little none the wiser. Yeah, well, I, mean, I was. A, I, 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 no, because no, it, 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 it's because Tr it hangs out with Warlock for Christ's sake. It did a comedy <laughs> show for Tr in front of Warlock. I had to get a uh, a security team to help me out of the building. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I I said to uh, Karen, uh, which I was begging begging her to do, you know, one of my shows that I promoted, and uh, <laughs> I said to Karen. Just do not say anything about any fucking motorcycle clubs. And I think it took about two sentences to say, I don't remember the line, but it was something like, uh, instead of driving or taking public trans, I'm just going to hop on some fucking bike, I guess, or something like that. And no, that, I said, listen, heard, you guys better start laughing. I'm part of the Jewish warlocks. <laughs> yeah, and... and and I can't confirm or deny that the Warlocks is the actual name of that, that particular group that was there that night. But uh, there was a group around. And, and yes, Karen, Karen uh, for the safety of everybody, was uh, escorted privately out of the building um, safely and, and did, a, did a nice set. Thank but, you. Uh, Maybe, uh, that, the that, Warlocks, aren't they like, uh, isn't that like a Harry Potter thing, you know, like Gryffindor, that sort of thing? And, not these ones. <laughs> Huff and puff. I'm trying to cover it up, dude. <laughs> Sorry. So what time no, that's cool. They're cool. I'm cool with so the world. What time did you I'm let cool. Jeff leave? What was that, Chris? I was just asking TR about what time did he let Jeff uh, go oh, out of the remember. I, I, I don't actually recall, but I'm sure, even though it's only a three-block walk, that at that point I, I had some – some budding conversation that I absolutely needed in the moment to talk to him about. 
So he probably was sitting out front of my house in his car talking about everything until 5 o'clock, wondering when he could escape. Uh, real quick for somebody that uh, that uh, that spurred a story uh, that you two guys uh, know the person, but Tim wouldn't. Uh, Philly-based comedian Jake Matera drove me home from a comedy deal one night, and we drove around Clifton Heights for like an hour till I finished my story. And, uh, you know, it's just this, that once I reach that 13 to 15 beer mark, it's kind of like over the, over the line, I guess. So, but Jake's a sweetheart. He, he, he did it in stride and didn't give a shit, at least seemingly. You're like, knows you're like the Stockholm of comedy. <laughs> Yeah, I heard it. Um, oh, Thomas. Should we do some plugs for these guys? Do you have anything more for us? Oh, by all means, we should, we should, uh, they should plug their junk, and then we should no, plug their junk. That probably gave somebody ideas. Um, plug their stuff, and uh, yeah, and then we'll move on to what's next. Okay, great. Um, you guys should check out our show on the greatlaughcast.com network. It's called Monumental Waste of Time. Go to LaughCast's homepage. And click on Warlock the icon approved. for monumental waste of time. Pardon? That's uh, that's Warlock approved. That's yeah, approved yeah. Approved by Warlocks everywhere. Um, yeah, Warlocks love me. Um, so it's on. If you go to LaughCast homepage, you click on monumental waste of time icon, and then you can hear all the roster of shows. Our next one is Sunday at um, twelve noon Eastern. Sunday, May twentieth. Um, it's going to be a great show. It's me, Steve Miller Miller, Karen Phil Fan, Chris Skimuffa, um, and also um, Red Bar is usually every Saturdays at um, 5 or 6 p.m. Um, Eastern. It's redbarradio.net. So check out Mike David on redbarradio.net and check out Joe Matarese at joematarese.com. Right on. Thank you, uh, my longtime yeah, friend, yeah. and uh, great to hear you on the air again. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, Waste of Time is a, definitely a great continuing saga, uh, you know, the best I've heard in podcast form. Um, so definitely check that out. Thank you. We try to um, be lit. You is lit. All right. Nate, Nate. All right, uh, guys. Both Take old, care. Both. Real quick, Karen. But both your old friend Nate is on the uh, on the uh, Atlantic Ocean right now with his no, future missus carrying her his son on a cruise, no, no, and that's no, no, uh, no. why there's only two of us tonight. He is on. Oh my video. God! He is on. I'd like a to tour be on that cruise. Of... I'd like. No, he's not on a cruise. Wrong. Oh. He is on a tour oh, okay, of medieval European bathhouses. I told you. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so now we've got somebody's interest. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I could go to one and give Nate a rim job. Oh, yeah, that's what I, I wanted to hear. Calling a favor, Karen. Yeah, that would be good. Rim jobs are great. Especially because you'd be all, all right. clean at the bathhouse. Right. Thank you, Karen, for going there with me. All right, take care. Yeah, good night. All right, gentlemen. My only plug is uh, just get the LaughCast app and check out all the shows we got there. So thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, and uh, keep up the good work. 
Thanks, Chris. If have you ever one. want to talk to Tim, uh, he has his own. Tell him when you have your own cocky show, Tim. I forget. Yeah, that's at it's at two o'clock on a Monday. Chris is probably a very busy gentleman at two p.m. Holy Christ! I'll have to listen to the replay. But one thing for you, Tim, is uh, go Jets. Go Jets! Hey, I hear you loud and clear there. All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks, good Muff. One. Later on, guys. All righty. Okay. Um, now we sort of got a bit of a dile- we still got a bit of a, a dilemma here. Um, I got uh, I got three more calls on hold. They've all been on hold for a while. Um, you want to take oh. these or or what's Ab- the story? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. They well, might have been well, carried. We so we'll we'll try to. Uh, I'm assuming that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know where these numbers are from. I'm, I'll apologize ahead of time because I'm going to guess they're listening for the long hold, but we were having old boys night there for a bit. Um, here, we'll start off with uh, the first one. Uh, sorry for the Tom delay. Robinson. You are on the air. Tom Robinson. Is that uh, is that Dave? It sure is, bud. How are you? How are you, Dave? That's Dave Flaherty from Miami. Uh, I, uh, no, Fort Lauderdale. Got... Fuck Miami. People get shot Fort, there. Fort Lauderdale, that is correct. Uh, I was just Fort Lauderdale, uh, Florida. I was pointing out your uh, your closest uh, alliance as far as professional teams and so forth. How you doing tonight? Yeah, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you, Tom? Good man. Glad to hear you with a powerful voice. Uh, this is this is uh, Tim with me tonight on our Sunday night roundtable. Hey, Tim. Hey Dave, how's it going? Going good, man. Uh, had the Boston Celtics in the under today, and uh, I'm a diehard Yankees fan, and I, uh, you know, pretty happy. I bet a hundred bucks on them to win the World Series to six to one odds. So I just hope we can stay healthy. And uh, it's raining like a bitch here, but all is well. well I'd say that's right not on. a bad bet to take, sir. You got a good chance of that being yeah. off. Yeah, I. Uh... I saw your post on the pro wrestling and whatever today uh, from our friend John McAdam uh, that you quote, uh, I may be, I'm paraphrasing, not verbatim, but you, you said you think they may be a barking dog. And I, I did, I couldn't have agreed with you more that they were going to not only, <laughs> not only cover, not only cover, but I, you know, I felt they were going to win today. Absolutely. I did. I think they were going to win by 25? No, but... No. Um, but you know, the, the the funny thing was, Tom, on my site, uh, there was no money line. And that right there said, hey, wait a minute, you know, uh, there's no money line? That tells me Boston's going to win this game. But, you know, to win like they did was, it was very surprising. And, and uh, you know, I'm just, I'm totally convinced that Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the NBA, hands down. The job he's done is is, is remarkable. Absolutely. Um, he, he, I was watching him today. I was, you know, I can't put a finger on why he's so goddamn good, but um, I was just watching his body language and the way he carries himself. It's like he's he's on that keel, whether they're up, down, in between, and I think that that gets through to the young players at least. And yeah, I think Al it does. Horford yeah, is just Al Horford's playing out of his mind as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, Tom, his his father played for the University of the Miami Hurricanes. Tito. Tito Horford, yeah. Yeah. Did you see? I remember him down here. The Miami Hurricanes played in a little concert hall called the James L. Knight Center in downtown Miami. It was a, it's a little theater. It was like bleachers. It was where they used to have the Clash of the Champions shows. Back in the early okay. days, it was bleachers. There was a little floor and a stage, and they had the freaking basketball court on the little floor. It was ridiculous. It was the only place that the Hurricanes could play until the Miami right. Arena was built, and then Miami now has the Convocation Center on campus. Dave, because we have two people on hold, I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask you what I asked our our former guests because Tim's a wrestling guy, long time. He's uh he's actually uh, I think I'm 48. He's, he, he's he's in between our age. Can you give Tim a a story from Florida wrestling? Uh, it could be back in the you and Jeff Bowden days. Could be Jack Briscoe. Could be whatever. Can you tell us a memorable, funny story from your interaction with the boys back then? Yeah, uh, I uh, I was a huge, huge Bobby Shane mark. Still am. Okay. He is probably my favorite wrestler next to Terry Funk and Ric Flair. And I got to meet him uh, by taking pictures at ringside at the Miami Beach Auditorium. Uh, and I got to meet him, and it was funny because I was like a kid. I was maybe 13, 14 years old. I was going to the wrestling matches every Wednesday night at the Miami Beach Auditorium. Took pictures, and he had a valet named Miss Sherry, who was gorgeous. And I was at the Miami Beach Auditorium one night. I took pictures of Bobby because back then I, my mom bought me a Minolta Instamatic camera from, for Christmas. And you can I walk up to those. the ring, any kid, and just, you know, because back then kids could walk up to the ring and actually, sometimes the, the kids could stand on the apron of the ring and get autographs from the baby faces. And you could oh. you could walk up there and stick your camera underneath the ropes, and that's what I would do. And I always took pictures of the heels because I liked the heels, and I loved Bobby Shane. You know, uh, when Bobby first came down here in the early '60s, he was a Golden Boy baby face. And he was the Wonder Boy, Bobby Shane. He left. Uh, I think he went, you know, maybe to back to St. Louis. Uh, he went to Australia, whatever. And he came back in the early 70s, and he was a total obnoxious heel. And he just was projecting through the television when he talked. He had long blonde, bleach blonde hair, the sideburns, the beard. And he was just incredible. I'm the king of wrestling, you know. And he immediately got in the feud with the Grams. And, you know, and, and I hated Mike Graham because I used to set up the, the ring and the chairs at the Fort Lauderdale National Guard Armory. And Mike Graham was a little prick. God rest his soul. Uh, but, you know, before he started wrestling, he was a bully. You know, and he, he actually, we were wrestling in the ring one day, me and my friends, after we set it up. And he came in the ring, and he thought we were making fun of the business. And he came in the ring, and he smacked me on the side of the head. And he said, "How dare uh-huh. you make?" Fun? He said, "How dare you make fun of the way I make a living?" And I said, "Mike, you're not even a wrestler yet, you know." And, but he was just a dick. Uh, we, he, you know, he ran the shows. He would come down from Tampa with uh, it was either Dick Slater or uh, Dennis McCord, later Austin Idol, or this other guy named Al Butler who wrestled under a mask as the Falcon down here who was really good. But Mike was a dick. 
uh, you know, I mean, he was he was a bully. Got you know, I, I don't mean to speak the ill will of the dead, but uh, he Fuck he em. got me in, a, in an arm wrestling contest with this guy Al Butler, and you know, because I was a good sized kid back in the day, I was like you know, seventeen, eighteen years old, and uh, he got me in an arm wrestling match with Al and uh, Mike burned me for twenty bucks. You know, so oh. you know, he was not a nice guy. But so anyways, I, I didn't like Mike, you know. So I was a big Bobby Shane fan because, you know, Bobby Shane, you know, he was totally against, you know. So anyways, I got to meet Bobby. I uh, was at the matches one night. I took a picture of him, and I had it blown up into an 8 by 10 And I got Sherry's attention one night at Miami Beach Auditorium. And I said, Sherry, come here. You know, and she, she walked over, and I said, listen, I got an 8 by 10 here. I took a Bobby. Uh, I, want you to, I want him to have this picture. And she opened up the folder, and she goes, oh, my God. And I said, I want him to have this. I said, I would love to meet him. She goes, why? And I said, because he's my favorite wrestler. And she looked at me like, are you kidding me? And I said, yeah. So she walked over into the little, there was a little hallway off the stage, you know, where the heels dressed. And she she says, don't move. And I said, okay. You know, so I stood there, and about two minutes later, she goes, come here. And she goes, Bobby wants to meet you. And I said, wow, I, I was like, I was stunned, you know. So I stood there and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like fucking nervous, you know, like excited, you know. And Bobby Shane walks out of the dressing room and he comes, he goes, hey, kid, how you doing? And I said, pretty good, Mr. Shane. He goes, it's Bobby. And he says, nice to meet you. You know, and I said, Bobby, you're, you're my favorite wrestler. And he goes, why? And I said, because I like the bad guys. And he had this big shit-eating grin on his face, you know. <laughs> And he says, I like you, kid. It was the damnedest thing. You know, back then, Bobby was groomed to, like, be a booker, and he's real into his mind for the business and everything. And he says, he says, kid, I like you. And he says, this picture's beautiful. He wanted to sell me a 35-millimeter camera, and I said, no, thanks, Bobby. You know, I got this one. I can't afford it, you know. And he said, you come to the matches a lot? And I said, every week. And he goes, whenever you come here, he says, I want you to come back and talk to me. And I said, okay. So every week when I'd go to the matches, be it West Palm Beach, Miami, or Fort Lauderdale, because back then, uh, you know, after a while, we were going to three house shows a week, me and my friends. And I'd always walk up to him, and he goes, hey, kid, how you doing? And, he, and the first thing he would say to me was, what did you think of the matches last, last night? Or what did, you, what, what did you think? He wanted to know what I thought of the show, the last show that he saw me at. And it was amazing, you know. But – uh uh, he, he was, he was a tremendous heel. And, uh, when he died, uh, it was one of the saddest days of my life. And the following Wednesday night at Miami beach, when Frank Freeman, the ring announcer announced that he died, the crowd booed. No, no, actually, uh, no, wow. I'm sorry. They, no, they, they cheered. No, they cheered. They cheered. They cheered. Because he's a heel. Yeah. The heel died. It was like, talk about some fucking heat, man. You know, they cheered. And the same thing happened in Jacksonville. Uh, the next night, because it, uh, it was it was when they were when uh, the uh, Buddy Colt and uh, Dennis McCord, Austin Island, Bobby Shane and Gary Hart flew home, uh, flew back to Tampa on uh, after the Wednesday night show, and they announced it the following night in Jacksonville, and the crowd fucking cheered. Talk about heat, man! You know, unbelievable. Yeah, he's, a, he's another yeah, guy. But, uh, in a, another guy in a long line of guys who died way too soon, and you have to wonder where he would have ended up, what his real, I mean, he has a legacy anyway, but what his big legacy would have been if he would have lived, you know, and, and been in wrestling for another 
20 or 30 years. Yeah, he uh, was he was he, he was remarkable, man. He was just he uh, from the moment he walked out from, you know, out into the, you know, from uh, you know, out into the crowd and walked down the aisle, I mean, people were fucking incensed. I mean, he just incited hatred I mean, because he was just so obnoxious when he was on he, he would he would be on the, the Florida wrestling show and he would sit there with his crown on, smoking a cigar, and he would say to Gordon Soley, People don't deserve to see me on television wrestling for free. You know, he never wrestled on television until finally he had to, you know, and then, uh, you know, he had he had a stable for a while with Bearcat Wright and Doug Gilbert, the professional, you know, from Georgia. And But he was just, he was probably the most phenomenal heel I've ever seen since you know, I've been watching wrestling. I've been a pro wrestling fan since, like, I was I was eight years old, 1963. He was the most, one of the most phenomenal heels, probably the most phenomenal I've ever seen. Uh, he just, he was, he was, he was a heat machine, you know, and, and he, he, he took bumps like crazy. It's a damn shame that there's not uh, a lot of video footage of him because you would, you know, nobody knows how great, uh, you know, not a lot of people know how great and he really was, you know, and it's, it, that's just a damn shame. You know, it really is. They could sure use a guy in that mold right now. Yeah, and the thing is, too, (laughs) you know, he had a mind for the business. You know, he was into, you know, he wanted to be a booker. You know, when Bill Watts was booking down here, he was kind of, you know, you know, it it was in the same mold. You know, they were, he was learning from Eddie Graham. You know, Bobby Shane was learning from Eddie Graham. Watts learned from him. Dusty learned from Eddie Graham. And, uh, you know, it was phenomenal, but, you know, I, uh, talking about funny stories, I'm on, uh, I'm, you know, I'm on Facebook here and, uh, I'm on that evil bastard McAdams website and, uh, they're talking about Nashville, the wrestle war pay-per-view funk and flair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, me and Bowden went to the show. We were hanging out with Meltzer, you know, the whole Saturday and, uh, uh, you know, me, Tom, I like to have a good time. Uh, I ate a Vicodin. I was drinking beer and, uh, uh, the week <laughs> before, the week before, uh, you know, the prior week, uh, the local promo, uh, promotional company down here, Dusty, was trying to revive Florida wrestling, and he was uh, promoting this big show in Miami while, you know, the same, uh, you know, the, the, the national show was going on. And if I wasn't in Nashville with Bowdrin to see Flair and Steamboat, I would have been there. And it was like uh, Rosen and Ter- Terry Funk against Dusty. I can't remember what the step was, but Terry did the legendary promo uh, you know, when I was a child, I had a jackass, you know, and I, I, it was the first time I really saw it and I used to imitate it. And so we're in Nashville and we're in the bar Saturday night in the hotel, in the hotel and Jim Ross is in there and I'm hanging out with Bowdrin and Meltzer and Jim Ross is there. And so Bowdrin, <laughs> asshole says, Hey Dave, uh, Jim Ross is here. Do your Terry Funk imitation. <laughs> and I started to do it, and I was fucking hammered, and I started to do it, and I couldn't do it. And Jim Ross says to me, young man, when the lights are on, you got to produce. <laughs> and I'm going, fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> By the way, Tom, I have jury duty, jury duty tomorrow. I'm going to be seeing Jeffrey Bounder tomorrow. <laughs> I have jury duty. Interesting. Uh, yeah, a, a reunion, a reunion of sorts. But uh, you know, you guys, 
you know, we're old friends and what have you. That'll be interesting in the workplace. Yeah, man. Uh, pass along. Hey, remember Miami? Hello. When you remember Miami, the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I, I was there for like a whole, you know, day of uh, we were supposed to go out and uh, really yeah. get a little bit uh, going the, the night before, and of course yeah, it was fresh yeah. off my. Yeah, I was I was under the weather. Unfortunately, I got came back to real life too quick. And the guy that was with me passed away. I don't know if I ever told you that. He's he's passed he, away at age thirty eight. Chris Polis was his name. Um, he was the uh, uh, the guy I went on that trip with when you and Jeff. And, oh, okay. Was it just you and Jeff that met us? I guess it was just you and Jeff and yeah. Ronald Mew, I think yeah. was around too. I remember. Yeah. Uh, I remember about that time. About that uh, that time, Tom, that your Paramount thing was beating Sherry Martell. Yes, it was, and uh, I eventually. You wanted to beat Sherry Martell. I eventually kissed her on the lips, and then fucking Bob Bradley, that piece of shit, took her away, and God knows what happened. But uh, God rest her soul. Uh, <laughs> but I tried. Wow! Wow! Oh man, good definitely do tried. Tomorrow. Tom, well, Dave, we're going. Uh, go no, go ahead, man. We're going to do. Uh, we're going to. Uh, what do you call it, Tim? Um, shoehorn a wrestling show in here because we got more time yeah, on this network. Yeah, we're going to have to have. Uh, we're going to have to do another show, and we'll have to have Dave back on so we can spin some more stories. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, keep in touch, my Most brother. Definitely. We'll do, Tom. Good to talk to you. Nice to meet you, Tim. You too, Dave. Have a good night. Peace. Okay, man. All right, well, that was Dave Flaherty, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I guess kind of another one of the uh, infamous group of uh, historian types, I guess, uh, behind-the-scenes kind of guys, sort of like you are, Tom, or were. Yeah, an old friend from back in the, in the, in the you know, in the uh, Meltzer's where you got your news once a week in the, in the mailbox and you wrote letters to each other and all that kind of crazy shit that okay. these kids yeah, today right. wouldn't understand. <laughs> What's mail? Uh, we still got the we got four people on the switchboard yet, so so. Uh, Holy shit! Yeah, it's it's crazy tonight. So, uh, I'll I'll take another call here and see where this one goes. Uh, sorry for the uh, long delay. You are on the air, sir. Or madam. Oh, now that's not what you get to hear that often. That sounds great. You gotta like that. Well, he's been on hold for God's sake. Where's oh, that email? He's not holding it anymore. Oh, my God. Uh, bad timing, I suppose. Now nah, we do really. it. Everyone does it. It's a natural human function. That sounds like our, our buddy. Okay. You suck. Well, that was an interesting call, putting it mildly. All right, moving good on. Good to wait. Good to wait a half hour to do that. That good yeah, stuff. That's yeah. That's a doesn't say much about your time, does it? All right. Well, let's take another one. Go ahead. You're on the air. Sunday night roundtable. Hello. Yes. Go ahead. I just want to say I really hate niggers. Uh, I don't understand that last word, sir. Um, uh, he already that that call's already been dropped. 
What an interesting okay. night we're having. Uh, yeah, well, we'll be taking that one again. All right, let's try this Jay one. Go ahead, you're on the air. What in the hell? The crazies have come out tonight, Tom. No, you don't put them over, man. They're just jabroni fucking losers. Yeah, the crazies are out. You know, as soon as I hear that that stuff, that that gets you a quick, that gets you a quick exit to the door. All right. Well, now it's back to um, to just you and I. Well, that's cool. Um, Oh wait, wait, wait. Now we have one different one. I'll try this one because this isn't one that was up before. So we'll try this. Same nonsense. All right, no more. The switchboard is now closed unless I recognize your number. Carrying on. (laughs) Forging ahead. I I wish, you know, that that used to be a, a thing like in the 80s. Like you, you, you know, I, I, some of them were pretty funny and creative, but uh, obviously those four lacked. But um, you know, that used to be a thing, like in the '80s, where you get like a uh, you bombard a show, especially like public access type show, and you just bury them, and the hosts are too fucking stupid to realize what's going on. But I cut a promo on them so fucking quick. They have nothing. Oh They're losers, zeros, fucking jabroni, fucking yeah, real my big, ball sweat, nobodies. So. I have a real big hammer over here. Um, I said, yeah. 1985, you 1985 wants it to fit back. Uh, yeah, back. no kidding. Like, no, we got one guy here who keeps trying, and it's just like, you know what? You can just sit on hold till the show's over. See how you enjoy that, because that means you're listening. So we'll just take your listening time. And uh, but not not that you speak. So you so keep listening, uh, and uh, we'll keep talking. So anyway, let's, let's just do what we do, brother. Yep. Yeah, I I don't even know how much time was consumed in during we that. We got fifty uh, minutes left yet. So five o. Five o. So we got lots of time yet to talk about something. Whatever uh, it may what's be. What's going? Uh, what's going on in my life? Let me think. Uh, I'm getting fucking more obese, which is not cool. Uh, you know, a little exaggerated height from Karen earlier. I'm not 6'2". I'd like to be, because then I would have uh, maybe pursued my uh, all-state uh, level ability of, of hoops back in my youth. Uh, I could dunk, that, you know, one out of every ten times off of uh, two feet. And now I couldn't jump on the moon. That's a gravity joke, you fucks. Yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah, so, you know, uh, I noticed, uh, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago I would get winded on those videos I was putting out from when I was uh, doing that extra gig on the movie and decided to start walking. Uh, any any idea how many days that lasted, Tim? I'm going to go with... Probably one and a 10% chance of two. I actually beat both numbers. I made it to three days. And then it was bad for a first go round. Well, I mean, uh, at this stage of my life, maybe, but I was a five day a week gym guy for years and years and years. And, uh, 
Mm, you know, I don't is. even feel like walking around a track now. But um, anyhow, uh, I have uh, I'm, I'm one of those fat chicks on like a dating app that puts um, old pictures up now because certainly I'm not going to put a current one. I mean, I put the current videos because that's my friends on Facebook and shit, and I don't give a fuck what I look like to you people. But you know, to potential like uh, sexual partners, Suitors. I uh, I get my Valtrex renewed and I uh, put old pictures up. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> well, you know what? I was just gonna say uh, you've got if you got that. App, well, you probably don't have it on your phone, but you could go get it. There's that app for um, that measures your foot. How many how many footsteps you take in a day? And then calculates uh, that bit, into how much Bitcoin. Uh, calculates that into how much you walked. Bitcoin. No, that's cryptocurrency. Uh, you um, wish you had some Bitcoin, you. Yeah, Moss is into Dude, that. Our, our earlier guest. Um, Bitfit. Yeah. Fitbit. Yeah, some shit yeah, like that. Kind of, yeah, no, that's a that's a, like a special device. They they make them for your phones. My kid's got one on his. Uh, what the hell's he got? Uh, I don't fucking the Apple, whatever the hell it is, and not an iPod, not an iPod, not an iPhone. That's what it is, an iPhone. And it, you just, yeah. you don't even have to look at it. You just turn it on and just leave it in your pocket, and it'll keep. He keeps track of what he does for. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. What he does for answer. work, he walks a lot. So he was amazed, and he'd been in school for you know a year and a half, and he kind of got a bit of a pot on him too, because of course at school all you do is. Fucking eat shitty food and drink beer, and do a little bit of learning in between there. But uh, yeah, he was uh, he was surprised at how much he actually walked during the day and how much walking, even though certainly it's good for you, how much you actually have to do if you really want to lose some weight. You know, a couple hundred steps ain't gonna cut it. Yeah, I figured with Nate fucking uh, floating right now, not that he wouldn't float if he wasn't on a ship. Now, what what, what the fuck? Did, I mean, I, I guess that was tongue in cheek what you said he was really on, or, or was it? No, oh, he's, he's, really he's on a European tour of medieval okay. Roman bathhouses. You know, where the gay guys hung out. That's legit. Fun. Yeah. Wow. Cruise. Little do we know about. The, little. Yeah, I mean, the cruise and the girlfriend, that's just a cover up for. You know, I guess I kind of kind of blew that all to hell, but yeah, no, I just said that for Karen because Karen got a kick out of that. She knew exactly well, you know, what I, I was. Could, I, she knew exactly I what I was it. talking about. I can believe it with Nate because you know he's twenty eight for one, and uh, millennial, open to you know, new things. The, the, you know they they accept everything, and uh, you know Freddie Mercury made some AIDS soup in those bathhouses, and uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I could have said that. I guess he was, he was making a tour of New York City bathhouses. Maybe that would have been better. But no, I mean, uh, truthfully, that's that's how uh, you know. And I love and respect Nate, but his uh, his sexual uh, attitude uh, seems like that's not out of the realm of of possibility. <laughs> so that's why I kind of asked you. you know, I. I, I couldn't say with any certainty one way or the other. I don't think. I I don't know I could, for sure. I mean, I could, you never want to check him. out the box. I could. 
I can see him on the phone alone with you going, Kim, here's the thing. Autumn and I are going to be together for the rest of my life. But. 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 One time when I had a threesome uh, with another dude, his balls slapped against my ass cheek. And I have to I have to get it out of my system. He's gonna fucking kill you. Uh, well, well I guess he physically he can't, so whatever, I guess, but I probably can. Tom. I'm I just gotta say, Tom. Tom Robinson. You're mad at Purdy. Well, you're the first one to say that tonight after the Tank Abbott, Thanos, fucking Festival. <laughs> no, but I'm being Nate, of course, you know. Tom, I don't mean nothing by it, but I kind of find you sort of pretty. And I think. Can I get a retweet? I think you might taste a bit like a Chick-fil-A burger. <laughs> God damn, I'd love me some Chick-fil-A. I know we went through this before, but obviously if uh, every nothing happened and uh, Jackoff is, uh, you know, playing AOL signs, what a dopey bit. You, sir, miss, whatever the fuck you are, fingering yourself over there, like what on the show, with an AOL sound. Really, dude, you suck so bad, man. I, oh, my God. That's worse. That's like the worst fucking bit to try to like get get people's goat, man. I just I just laugh at you. I'm not laughing with you. I'm laughing at you. You suck so bad, Jesus Christ. I thought these wrestling fans that say they don't like me or don't know me or don't want nothing to do with me then email everybody about me were were pathetic. <laughs> uh, and geez, we've reached a new low. A dude played an AOL sound effect. Like who does he turn to and who does he text? Or, like, does he copy and paste and say, hey, man, I called the show and played the AOL sound effect. What a dope. Oh, my God, up, he sucked. And then you I know, went upstairs I, I, and I jerked talk, off over my mom. We, exactly. We talked about Mike Graham earlier, the pro wrestler, four generations of of suicide. And, sir, with your AOL, please, the world will have no loss whatsoever. And film it. No, shoot yourself you are, in the head. You have to be a totally unproductive member of society. And well, that's me. But um, no, 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 you know. fuck, fuck, no, no, you're not even close. That's not cross if promote. That is, if that is your fucking move, is to randomly phone a podcast, and that that that's your fucking contribution. You know, you can fuck at least be funny for fuck's sake. You know, yeah, pull, I, you one, know, pull, pull one for God. You know, go for it. You know, come in. I mean, the, the the piss dude was a little bit better. I mean, on a scale of uh, zero to one. I mean, see, but he should have carried that on. Yes, he should have at least like. Okay, I, I'm gonna if he's still listening. Here's some advice: do the piss thing, then act surprised when you think we've caught you pissing and you don't realize you're on the air. And then string that piss out some more and keep going, hold on, just for a second. See how long you could keep somebody waiting for you. There's a, there's a, there's a bit. You know, stretch that now out we had, to the... Uh, we had our tranny friend, uh, Karen, on. And, you know, uh, I haven't talked in depth to Karen about uh, the private parts. If, if 
if she's going to go all the way with that. But the audible sound of the urine, because we do it too. We don't care about professionalism. We just care about fucking making money. Um, that is professionalism. The, uh, that's capitalism, but uh, same yeah. thing, and and the word profession. Right. But um, we we I'll I'll go and piss as well if I have to, and and still talk on the air, which is fine um, for me. It's not fine for the Wednesday show because we act a little more real then. But well, no, I'll, uh, actually we act real honest, tonight. I've, I've never done it when I've been on the air. But I mean, if you uh, if to. you are a man with a you're a man yeah, with a woman currently and and former long term relationship, this that and the other. So uh, I could be wrong, but from the sounds of it, that sounded like a vagina pissing. Uh, um, there is that slight audible difference and and less you know you might less be powerful. right and and the guy was a cunt so. Yeah, and it's such less pressure. It's kind of like uh, when your hose sucks. Yeah, you, it was kind of tinkly sounding. If and you go downstairs, all in the, yeah. it was all in the it was all in the water too. Like usually, a guy's kind of I don't know about you, but most of us, our aim is not uh, you know because we're thinking about other things and not paying attention, and we might be hitting the ball still, but we're not you know midstream in the water. Whatever was going on there was full pressure, right in the heart of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, love understand what I'm saying. I love the fact that they're adding to our numbers, though. So keep keep calling hey, out your terrible bit. That was at least six more listens. Keep it coming. Yeah, I can ignore you all day on the switchboard. It's not a problem for me. A regular Kipadonna over there. Keep fucking keep keep pumping. Hit those open mics, man. I'm sure uh, sure those people are howling. You're such a hoot. You dumb bastard, <laughs> fucking idiot. Yeah, I, I got an airtight five. And I'll put on my resume funny? for uh I'll put on my resume oh, yeah. called the round table and pee peed. This is a good yeah, this guy goes stupid. to work tomorrow where he probably has a at best Well he probably he's probably not employed. He probably goes down to wherever he is. Yeah, he's got Arby's. And the Arby's is always hiring. You won't, you you know, because he's like 19 and lives at home. You won't believe what I did last night, man. I randomly phoned up this fucking podcast, like this Sunday night roundtable thing. I think it's about like you know King Arthur or something. I don't know, but I think that's what it's about. So I pissed on it. (laughs) Aren't I awesome? Do your Beavis and Butt. Do your Beavis and Butthead now. Uh, I can't. I just. Uh, I, I, that's, that's, I, actually, you know what? Beavis and Butthead are fucking funny. That guy's not even. He doesn't even rate a Beavis and a Butthead. He rates a. Yeah. I don't even know what he rates. Four Taylor well, Swift. Well, well, well. uh, I don't know. I just. Uh, I just know that. Actually, I kind of like. Uh, I kind of He was. He was just. You know. I. I. I, I lost. There was a couple of them in there. I lost count, but the, the absolute worst was the AOL thing. You just like, you have no future in anything. Like if 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 that concept came up as remotely humorous to you, I need you to right now go to the highest available place and jump off head first. And yes, I, I, this is not a bit. You, you you're really no. nothing. You need you to really do, don't. Um, you don't add anything. 
You're terrible. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the uh, the Dennis Miller bit, where I, except it'll be instead. He he was saying it about if you are thinking about raping anyone, or uh, hurting a child, or molesting a child, you just owe it to society to go buy a gun, put one bullet in it, go in your backyard, and blow your own fucking brains out. And do a favor right. for the rest of us. Take one for the team. Thin the herd. Thin the herd, thin, man. Yeah, thin the herd because your 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 contribution is like fucking negative. It's not even zero. It's less than that. I'm fucking dumber now for having heard that. I'm mm. gonna have to go read like probably ten books, like deep deep psychological philosophical stuff to get smarter because I'm fucking dumber for having heard that. Yeah, man. I, next week, I plan on really getting those guys, and I'll get a, an old an old copy of the video game ColecoVision, and I will put put on the intro, introductory music when I'm sitting on hold for 45 minutes. Do you, you know this? Do you know this song? Oh, fuck! I How stupid. But we can't. Oh, we're 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 in essence putting them over by talking. But it's so. It's. I mean, it's comical. But it's, it's just so stupid. No. Well, no. We're not putting them over because we never want that to happen again. We're not encouraging that at all. Like, I will. I will take the number you called, and I will hunt you down, and I will physically harm you. If if yeah, you do there again. You can What's murder that? them. I don't care. You can murder them. Nobody will miss them. Oh, that's, no, that's too easy. No. It's kind of like what they should do to child molesters and all that. They should put them in, and they should be beaten to within an inch of their lives. Then they should fucking slowly bring them back to health till they're good again, and then do it again for the rest till they till they die from whatever reasons. The death hey, is almost too quick, too easy. But anyways, let's get back to something funny. Just keep just keep funny. their computer up, keep their computer up, so or whatever the fuck they listen on phone. Just keep it. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe before you. Get rid of the evidence. Got, I got halfway through my peeing bit, but my mom came around the corner and I had to hang up. Yeah. Because I didn't want my mom to see my penis. That it hasn't Just grown any since I was eight. Uh, his mom may have seen his penis, but that's another story. Happy Mother's well, Day. Yeah, possibly. But anyways, um, skull fucking skull fuck your mom tonight, you faggot. Let's let's talk a little. Let's talk a little tunage for a minute. Uh, you remember yeah. the other night when we kind of were talking about, I think, who was it, Mindy McCready we were talking about? Mindy McCready, uh, a one who actually did blow her fucking brains out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't on purpose was, either, by the way. She she was, did, did I shave my legs for this, but she wasn't uh, strawberry wine. Uh, just for no, that was... Um, those keeping score, Dina Carter. Dina Carter, correct. Um... Okay. Where I was going with that was I I, I was uh, I actually went and after that show I went and listened because I don't own any of that stuff of course because um, I'm not really the biggest I'm not not a, a fan of the country but I just don't like it enough to ever like buy it like I would never spend well I guess now I suppose you could because you could go you could just go buy one song but back in the day you know that would have meant a you know a ten dollar purchase of a of a full CD which I was not prepared to do for a song I might want to listen to once every three or four months. Um, but anyway, I was going to be Mindy McCready, and that led me to Dina Carter. What do you know about Sarah Evans? 
I know that she's a pussy. Um, uh, that's just a personal uh, note that she whines and, and, and cried about her divorce and all that. Instead of looking oh, in the okay. mirror and realizing... I didn't know any of this. Instead of looking in the mirror and realizing she was a hot piece of ass when she was dumped because... You know, dudes are weird. If a chick's hot and she has no self-esteem, you're going to dump her. It's like, you know, that's just the deal. So they, they had kids, et cetera. I don't know. I think she remarried, but for a while she was just such a whiner. But she has a, a great voice, fucking hot as shit for, at one point. Nice jugs. Was her, uh, fucking, uh, was her big hit, Suds in the Bucket? Was her big hit? Uh, she had a she had about ten number ones, but that was one of them. So yeah. she's going to that popular. Okay, I didn't realize her popularity was that. Um, she that had a ballad. Along. She had a ballad with uh, uh, that she remade after Edwin McCain uh, did it. From uh, Edwin McCain, I th- are you familiar with Edwin McCain? Not to be confused with the dying, with the dying John, John McCain. McCain. Uh, or, uh, the, the giant. Uh, uh, Canadian food conglomerate McCain's John McCain he survived like all this shit he's got the, the big old fucking tumor and he's still fucking uh, kicking <laughs> ass or trying bitch, to bitch. he's still bitching about Trump don't want him at his funeral and shit but anyway I don't yeah. want to get off topic on that <laughs> yeah, no, no but that was pretty funny you know that you're dying yeah. you got brain cancer you hate a guy so much you're dying from brain cancer but your one thought really is that, that fucker better not show up at my funeral Fuck yeah, no. he'll let Hunter he'll <laughs> let Hunter Pence he'll let Hunter Pence come, but uh anyway, baseball reference shoom, <laughs> right over everybody's head. Probably. Uh, anyhow, uh which McCain were we talking about again that that made me think of him? Um uh, it, uh, it made me think of John McCain. Oh, uh, Edwin McCain. Edwin. Uh, Edwin. His number his his most famous hit was I'll be uh, I don't want to fucking sing, but I'll be <clears throat> your crying just... shoulder. You know oh, okay, I know that song. Too. I didn't know the artist, but yeah, okay, no, I know the song now that you. Well, uh... he had a second. He had a second ballad that like made him money enough to fucking tour the rest of his career to like little fucking joints and you know have a better life than me. Yeah, because he's and. Uh, uh, she remade one of his tunes. It was a, he's not one of those one. guys that uh, is kind of a. He's not a country artist, but he's not a rock artist, but he's not a pop artist, but he's not a. He's just kind of a bit of everything. He, he's like a weak, a limp-wristed uh, Jack Black. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they they call him adult or adult alternative pop rock. Okay, I don't even know what the fuck that means, but. Yeah, Edwin McCain, she redid his song, and she had a battle with personal, close friends of mine. It's called That's the Beat of a Heart. That's the Beat of the Heart. Uh, And my my connections, my greatest connections in the music industry, Brett and Brad Warren, the Warren brothers, who have written so many songs for people that you know, that you don't know. They, They decided to say, fuck this artist thing because it's not really working out. And they are decided they, uh, just to be songwriters and sell their tunes. Are they, they any relation thought, to the female songwriter Diane Warren? None whatsoever. These are two dudes. That's from, crazy, uh, eh? Because she's exactly the same thing. Fucking wrote more songs yeah. for more people than than anyone would ever want to admit. 
Is she the love lifted us up where we belong? Diane Warren. Uh, she might be, but like she's written, you know, she for everybody, you name it, you know, share, uh, heart. In fact, she's even wrote some Kiss songs for God's sakes. Well, she's really the ballad. Love really lifted a ballad us up producer. with uh, Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warren. I'm thinking of Jennifer Warren and song it. Yeah, Jennifer Warren was the one who sang it. A lot of Warrens around. Yeah, Diane Warren is. Warren. Yeah, she has done like a shitload of stuff. Like I said she's one of those people that people call in when they can't. Uh, like we we really need a. We don't have a ballad for this album. We need a top fifty, or we need at least need a top one hundred chart and ballad. Call Diane Warren. She'll well, write us up your, something. Your friends. Your friends should uh, get into that with the ballad of Nate Bush. Well, well, who's to say that she didn't help? Okay. You know, Frank never. You know, Frank never. He he he. He's the singer. I don't ever recall him actually saying that he was the lyricist or not. I'll have to ask him. I'll tell you. I'll but tell you a little story. I'll tell you a little story about uh, the Warren brothers. Um, because they uh, have changed their life completely. They're happily married. They have. Uh, children and so forth they are sober now as far as the last i knew they've been sober for a long time um but when i uh, i t- brad and i took a liking to each other he was the longer haired one if you ever google them or anything and uh you know they were tight with tim mcgraw and all that and big and rich and that whole year and i was you know backstage and all nine and on stage and all kinds of crazy shit but the night before uh you know, I, I was in that whole mix of singing mm-hmm. tunes, and we were at the Cherry Hill Marriott, and I was singing Pink Houses from uh, from uh, John Cougar. And then he he came up and fucking grabbed the guitar. It was like the house band. And, and Brad Warren, even though, you know, most people wouldn't know him as a household name, if you told people in the industry, like, you, you know, Brad Warren played guitar while you were fucking singing, pretty badass. And uh, he started playing Sweet Home Alabama, but like a douche. Uh, who was it? Was it somebody earlier said they like they they uh, froze in the moment? I think you know maybe it was before the show. I don't know, but uh, I couldn't remember all the lyrics, so I was trying to give him a signal to cut it off after we just did a little bit. But it was pretty badass. And then we, uh, I I ended up getting in my car and driving to Philadelphia and getting cocaine. Not to say that Brad wanted it or, or we did it or anything, um, but yeah, that's how that ended. But good for them. They are sober. Uh, I ended up leaving that night with a uh, big old all-access pass around my neck. And uh, cocaine is a uh, is a is a strange drug. Put it that way. It's, it's uh, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good good for those guys though. I mean, I don't think that they would mind that uh, that was mentioned because that was a very long time ago, and they have straightened their life completely. And God bless them. You know, me on the other yeah, hand, that, uh, yeah, that Diane Warren had she's written nine number ones and thirty two top tens. Not to mention uh, uh, too many top one hundreds that they don't even give you a number. So I imagine she must be worth a. I mean, think of the residuals you must get from forty-one top ten songs. Uh, you, you brought up something. 
you brought up something in my uh, in my brain. I uh, I can't reveal this as a as a fact, but I did speak to someone today uh, about uh, you know uh, you mentioned and I mentioned that they are writers and then other people take their writings and use them, you know, and then Correct. make them. Uh, this has nothing to do with songwriting, but um, I talked about writing some comedy for, for I, I can't go much further, but uh, I'll tell you off air, but uh, something was pretty good from, from a pretty, pretty powerful friend that uh, I may assist. We'll see. Uh, the event's still a couple months away, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll tell you off air, but uh, you know, I, may, I may write some, write some in that In that vein... I can't remember who the who the actor was, but he was a he was a nobody actor, but he had been he had had one he had done one film as a younger, not a child star, but as a younger as a teenager, and it was you know one of those I can't remember which one, but one of those eighties, you know, Adam like dazed and Conf- like dazed and confused and those kinds of those kind of you know, teener cult movies, one of them Rodney Allen maybe not a. What's that? Rodney Allen Rippey. Uh, I don't know, but anyway. I'm just fucking. And he said, even now, uh, you know, that's what, uh, you know, nearly forty years ago, that he still gets yeah. checks in the thousands of dollars. Yeah. In fucking movies, because they Religious, play them on TV. Yeah, that they play them on TV still. And he says, I don't know. He says it, it totally mystifies me, but he says that I, I can't even begin to tell you. That the uh, the amount of money I got paid to the, to be in that film was they might as well I might as well have done it for free, but the amount of money I've made off that bitch in the long run, he said, God, I wish I would have been, you know, I could have done ten or twenty of those. But he said, even this one, well, I've, I've done done well for myself. He said, you like said, you know, forty years later, and you're getting a check for three. I think the check you got that that month it was three thousand dollars because they played it on. You know, all those cable networks have got nothing to show at night, and they put, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High or whatever the hell it is. You know, those things come on, and, you know, thanks for the 10 bucks. Well, the great Artie Lang uh, has always noted that he uh, didn't think much of playing a, a, a Santa Claus that gets in a fight with Will Ferrell, yet every Christmas he gets a big old fatty in the mailbox. From uh, his appearance in Elf, so you know, you never know. Yeah, and I'll just take I'll just think about how much money you could make if you were smart enough. When you are in a film like that and you're a star, and you are smart enough to negotiate yourself a, a instead of a salary <clears throat> or a very minimal salary, take a percentage of the gross and a you know two percent off the back end, and I want three percent of video. And four uh, percent of pay per view, and the movie turns out to be you know fucking Avatar <laughs> or something, yeah. something or start you know something that nobody really expected was gonna hit, and then suddenly you've got about, a movie that made two billion dollars, and you got three percent of it. How about our boy Batista in a new movie where he's like uh, with Jodie Foster and shit, not just like a fucking. Uh... Superhero, yeah, he's, he's all jacked up. World. You know, I've heard yeah. a lot of people say that he's a real dick, and I don't know if he is or isn't. 
But whoever is, I don't know who his management team is, but whoever is doing it, I hope they're getting paid because they're fucking doing a good job because that boy is, you know, like, I mean, even the Avengers movie. I mean, I don't know what he got paid for that, but if he's getting any kind of a cut of, uh, you know, the of the gross or the, the video or any of that kind of shit, I mean, good Lord. He's doing he all doesn't right, really right. act in it. He just kind of acts like a dummy in it, really. I mean, he's good in it if you like that kind of shit. But uh, to 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 explain how not a dick he is, um, uh, you know, Cornette has a dick story, but Cornette has a dick story about everybody, you know. And I love Jimmy, so I don't his, want any. But fucking, that's his thing, though. So he want to tell. I don't want any nice promo cut on me from from a guy who really helped me in my life. But um, anyhow. Uh, when he came back and put over Daniel Bryan in the middle of the ring in WrestleMania, et cetera, he had already done Guardians of the Galaxy. He already got paid. He didn't, really, he didn't need, he didn't need, he didn't he didn't need anything. No, and he just did it willingly. So, uh, okay, well, that's his, you know, that speaks something to his character, though. Because yeah. uh, no other guys wouldn't bother. And what's Yo, his he's name? Kind of, uh, he's yeah. kind of, uh, he's taking the rock thing. He's not quite doing it yep. quite on the scale the Rock's doing, but he's kind of following that. You know, took a couple of goofy roles, got my name out there a little bit, then got lucky with the. To be in all honesty, got lucky with the Avengers thing that that really hit sure. as well as it did, and now he's taking. Okay, everybody knows that name now, or not everybody, but in that industry, that's a name people recognize, and he's got some. He's got some box office pull now. You know, just by name recognition. Hot, here's a hot take. With uh, The Rock and Cena now buddy-buddy, and The Rock producing a film where John will be the lead, and John is getting, you know, his cock sucked figuratively and literally uh, by everybody from what we hear. Um, he uh, is ascending. Leader. He is ascending. Um, so, lo and behold, and three years from now, the the top three box office attractions might be Batista, The Rock, and John Cena. How's that? And you think somebody in Hollywood, if they're not already, somebody should be, should be writing a script with those three in mind. Yeah. Like I've, written, be, uh, I've written this almost, specifically for these three. If it's a buddy yeah, cop thing or if it's a spy thing or whatever the hell it is. But with those or tie one of those goddamn comic books with just three giant fucks. Yeah, if there's something that uh, that fits that mold somewhere, and I'm sure there is. You know, there, there's your, there's your money. Because right yeah. now, if you drop that, oh man. I watched. Uh, I haven't seen the whole thing because it's not out yet. But I saw some uh, uh, longer trailers, I guess you'd call them, on that uh, Cena movie, Cock Blockers. Well, they don't call it cock blockers, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. picture checking blockers, or have a rooster and then blockers. It's pretty, it's pretty mm-hmm. funny in it. You know, it's, you know, I don't really yeah. consider him to be much of an actor, but he's not too bad in it. What I saw. So now, he was funny in that uh, Amy, Amy, you know, Amy in the Schumer movie. Uh, yeah. Schumer movie. Yeah, she's kind of a dick, but uh, you know, she's still, stealing material and shit. They just have to make sure they don't make the mistake of let's not con- confuse ourselves. He's 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 not a 
uh, I don't know who you want to throw out there. You know, he's not Al Pacino. He's not Robert De Niro. He's 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 John Cena. You know, if they keep the roles within his capability, he'll do just fine. But you know, he's not really he's not cut out yet to be you know, in a serious drama. Or something. No, like he's that. not going to get any Oscars or nothing like that. But, but if he's going to do the, uh, he, can, he can do the action adventure movie, and he can do the, uh, I'm a jock comedy kind of thing, and that's all very believable. So that works. And he's a likable. And quite frankly, guy. quite frankly, you mentioned De Niro, and and De Niro isn't De Niro anymore. He's a fucking pussy. He's a fucking caricature of what he used to be. He's fucking. Oh, he sold out. He sold so, out when he did you know, that. Uh, that uh, what the hell was it? Um, him and, I think it was De Niro. Him and Zac Efron, and he's the he's the horny grandfather who's trying to yeah, fuck just... every twenty year old that moves. And oh, okay, it's kind of funny, but I mean, Jesus, it didn't need Robert De Niro in it. That could have been any old man. And it's just like, yeah, everybody dude. has everybody hey. that's fashionable in Hollywood. That I hates guess Trump if you want to for... get paid, I mean, I don't imagine, yeah. despite the fact that Robert De Niro is a Hollywood icon and all that. I mean, how many, how many movies are there for seventy-year-old men? You know, not a lot of parts. Yeah, I mean, leading, he, a lot of leading parts anyway. He could, uh, he could do something, you know, along the lines of what Unless he's good at in and old school. Well, you might have to put old your money where your head. mouth was, and might have to put your money where your mouth is and make your own movie, eh? You know, like Stallone but, or those guys, if they want to be in those parts still. But the thing know. is, uh, loves black chicks. It's well, it's not me making up something. He's a fucker. He loves the black chicks, which you know I don't blame him. Sometimes they're fucking hot, hot, hot black broads out there. But uh, he he hates Trump literally. When everybody else in Hollywood makes up their fucking gay agenda, but um, he hates Trump because Trump knocked off one of the chicks that he wanted to bang, and that's that's completely his deal. So fuck him. Fuck De Niro, Raging Bull. I mean, it's like you know that the Robert De Niro that made Raging Bull and fucking Goodfellas and Casino. He's dead. Just consider him in a fucking grave because after that, he's just a big pussy, a little pussy. Really old. Unfortunately, a lot of them do that. It's just like I saw. This is kind of a Tom and Tim thing there, but where the without getting into it too far, all those the eighty-two women who fucking did their bullshit there at the con film festival here the other day in protest oh uh, yeah that's his you know blah 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 and it's just like you know you look at the you look at the list of names it's you know okay over 50 washed up yeah. over 60 never was you know you don't see there ain't no 25 and 30 year old actresses on that list anywhere bitching <laughs> they still get exactly. parts and, and 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 make money. It's it's all the ones that, you know, it's the Ashley Judds and the whatever that fucking other oh, crazy fuck one. Her. You know, fuck her. You know that that, that used bitch. to be used to be semi hot, and could get parts, and now got a little bit older, and can't play the girlfriend anymore. You know they want her to play somebody's mom, you know, or the sister or whatever. And you know, fuck that. That's not a leading role. Well, nobody wants to see you on the screen. Playing those roles, it's just that simple. Maybe it's wrong. I don't. I, mean, I don't know if you know the moral part of it, but you know if you've got a choice between 
I don't even know who the flavor of the day is in Hollywood for the young chicks, but, uh, you know, you can watch Jennifer Lawrence in a movie where she wears a bikini, or you can watch Ashley Judd. Okay, well, who are, you know, I'm going to guess 90, 95% are probably going to want to see Jennifer Lawrence. And Jennifer Lawrence, I mean, she comes off, she did a movie here, I wasn't in it or none, but my friends were doing extra work, and she was, well, Silver Linings, that's then De Niro was in that too, but she was, right. she was like pretty cool when she was 20, and she comes across like pretty cool broad, and she's hot, she's, you know, she's she's A-list, but she's, she hasn't sucked yet, but but one thing that sucks is she's best friends with Amy Schumer, who, yeah, um, who's a, who's a twat. It's a Tim and Tom thing too, but uh, fuck it. Um, she joke stealer. She's a joke stealer, but she, you know, used her fucking clout, and it was normal in the old days of the comedy store if you had like Pryor come in or something where you'd kind of get bumped or whatever. And that was oh yeah, I saw this. A dude was doing Caroline's. I forget his name. Um, I'm sorry, dude, but um, it was his uh, first, you know, headline and deal, which is. You know, a major step, and but actually it works out better for him that this happened. But to just show what a douche she is, she uh, wanted to run it through for Saturday Night Live, her monologue, and all fat-faced and stupid-looking. And she's got a movie, and every, you know, people will go because she's just in that fucking soft mix. She used to have a little bit of bite to her, and uh, now she's kind of just fat and disgusting and unfunny and. uh Steals jokes, sits back at the cellar and just rewords them in a chick way with her dopey fat arms. She just blows. I hate her. <laughs> yeah. Um, Does the tampon I, business. Like, not, Do you have you know, a gaping? A gaping? Yeah, she probably stole that from me from one of my shows <laughs> along the line. She's terrible. I just know that what I read about it was the guy, it wasn't so much that she did it. It was apparently that there's a protocol you should follow when you do these things. And she did not follow that protocol, and she knows better. She just assumed yeah, because yeah. she's fucking Amy, that she just assumed because she's fucking Amy Schumer that, you know, nobody should care. And he's It like, was reported that she actually said the words, but I'm Amy Schumer. Like, uh, okay. yeah. As soon as, as soon as you have to tell people, don't you know who I am? You, you, you're, you're on weak ground. You're either Amy Schumer or Bully Ray. Fucking Bully Ray. Two fatsos. Bully Ray. Wow. Yeah. Well, what an interesting show yeah. it's been. We're down to we're down to ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've ever in the history of our of our illustrious network. We've never had so many callers, good and douches. Um, I mean, the first, the first, well, our logo is, you know, if you just stumble on our logo because flagship show is NBA and whatnot, um, Mike from Pittsburgh was a good dude to start off that, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, we, we don't, you know, we'll, we're never going to throw, we're never going to cut somebody off if they want to talk basketball and they, and they phone a, a different show. Uh, I'm never going to not say, hey, you know, fuck you, click. I'll attempt to, I'll attempt to answer or give him some time or whatever. I got no problem with that. Uh, all I know is uh, we're in 21 countries now, motherfucker. And uh, you know, you keep you keep right. playing with your little, keep playing with your AOL. Uh, just fucking, 
move forward. But uh, we got ten minutes. What the fuck? We we should talk. Uh, the the only one call uh, that that could you know come in. It's they're they're not still uh, ringing it over there. Anybody are they? No, we're empty right now. So because I'm. Um, I, I, I was going to talk a little bit about the Access TV that I got, and I also found Ring of Honor Wrestling this week. Um, uh, but, you know, Sunday, Sunday nights, uh, you know, sometimes when I go there, I get, well, I'll take a chance since we got a couple minutes. Um, found Ring of Honor, our, our good friend Ian Riccoboni, who was a, uh, a guest on the Wednesday show. He's a big Sixers guy, a, a broadcaster in general, but... Currently, he makes his living at Ring of Honor Pro Wrestling. Uh, check him out. But I found it on uh, my Direct TV. I don't know the channel, but I know the number forty-four on Saturday night, which featured a Young Bucks who are big uh, today because they are all in. And we didn't even touch on that. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, um, we can talk about that right now if you want to, because that's an yeah, interesting story. Yeah. Well, real quick, the Young Bucks. Uh, Worked uh, Mark and Jay Briscoe on this uh, edition, and it was kind of cool. They, you know, they kept it, the Briscoes are kind of no nonsense, you know, and uh, you know they threw a fucking chair at their head, shit like that. It was a, it wasn't a typical like uh, com- there was no comedy, put it that way. It was a nice little match. I enjoyed on a Ring of Honor, and uh, uh, then we go back to All In. It was uh, Cody, who you know, I gotta say this before it slips my brain. And um, really, really disappointed in Cody's wording. Like, Vince Russo was, you know, contacted for StarCast or whatever. I don't know whose story to believe, whatever. It's not my business. Um, But Cody's millennial fucking to a T kind of, I don't know, soft response. His soft, faggy, we don't reward bad behavior. That's something that, like, we goof on um, a chick, like the chick with the, 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 that weird chick last week who said baby's consent thing. Like, that's the type of thing that, that, she, that she, we don't reward bad behavior. Come on, dude. You're Dusty's kid and you're Dustin's little brother. Toughen up a little bit. Don't say nothing like that. Well, what, fucking was, what was the whole, what was the whole problem there? They don't want well, him I there think, because, uh, of his, because of his previous booking in, in wrestling companies. That's the reason. I I I don't know the full story. I'm just going to tell you what I know. Uh, a friend of ours, friend of the show, former guest, is promoting Starcast the day before, or day of, or some shit. The, the convention that's out there. Um, right. You know he. A friend of ours is the money behind that. It has nothing to do with the event of All In. He's just, you know, promoting the convention. So uh, one way or another, Vince got on. I don't know if Vince asked him or he got Vince, whatever, Vince Russo, meaning. Vince plugged it, and uh, another friend of ours, Bix, Dave Bixon's fan, had a problem with it, I guess, and they were going back and forth. Well, I don't know who was going back and forth. I, I lose you know, Bix, I apologize if I'm getting this story wrong, if you listen. Uh, but, you know, there was, like, some copy and pasting and shit like that and fucking retweets and this, that, and the other. People have a problem with Russo because they felt on his show at one point he was racist and homophobic, xenophobic, and all that other shit. And, uh, 
I tried to explain again that if you say something's gay in the Northeast, it means soft, corny, um, a bitch move. A, you know, if you say a pussy, people don't think of a vagina. You think of a pussy like a soft dude. So, you know, it's he used cat. the term gay. And, it's a kitten. Uh, or it's that, a, yeah. But, you know, that kind of thing. You know, he's a soft, but, yeah, but yeah. kitten. Yeah. You know, so uh, you know, it's the one thing that I know that I I, I agree with Russo that you can you can say oh that's that's so gay and and not mean it in in any way to harm homosexual fucking progress or whatever. So anyway, that bad behavior comment and all the outlandish backlash backlash is about uh, his xenophobia, whatever the fuck that is. I think he doesn't drink Zima or something. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, and whatever. So he he got he got pulled like uh, within hours of being advertised. Now I don't know all the factors involved. I don't know the backstory. I don't know if it was a lot of fans, a little fans. But but Cody Cody gets the douchebag, and I at the same time I want to congratulate those guys for selling out so fast, but a, a very millennial, soft response. We don't reward bad behavior. Come on. Dusty would fucking give you an elbow and fucking ground you for right now. Your own father. Like if you don't want Vince Russo, if you don't want Vince Russo there and you're Cody Rhodes, and you're in a so. position now where, where you're a power, say, dude, we don't fucking want you. And you, and say yeah. fucking. Be a man. Yeah, Get we don't balls. like you, and we don't want you here. Yeah, you don't, don't even need a pussy and say bad reason. behavior. Bad behavior. Bad behavior. Because, because Vince once booked a a, ma- a match and it was really stupid. And what's he, he gonna do? Like, give him a fucking timeout too? Fucking no, I don't know. I just found the whole thing ridiculous. But you know that all in thing. I mean, uh, uh, the only thing I want to say I and mean, good on them. It was nice to see that uh, an indie show could pull that kind of number that fast. Pretty impressive, no no dispute there. But uh, we need to slow down a little bit there, fanboys. Um, in no way, shape, or form is this the new fad in wrestling. Um, talk to me when they do that uh, three times or four times a week for more than even two weeks. Uh, it won't happen. Get on them for doing no. it once. And and good on them because I'm sure they'll they'll do it again. But let's not uh, let's not count this as the fucking demise of the WWE. And that's well, here we go. You know now they'll just have to start a promotion and get some TV and they'll be fucking set. No, they won't be. Nah. <laughs> so let's let's calm down, enjoy it, go see it, enjoy it. Uh, all the all the kudos for getting it done. The naysayers. The na- the naysayers are, are, are claiming that uh it's rigged. scalpers and scalpers and stub hubs and all that kind of shit. Uh yeah, well, Melters. If you go to Melter's Twitter he's he's all on the he's on the defense. He's comparing it to fucking a SummerSlam show from some year that I don't fucking even know and I'm just like, Who cares? Good for I'll them. Leave, they sold I'll 10, leave it tickets. Yay. Give it at this. They 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 fucking sold out by hook or by crook, whichever fucking way they did. So if if it's scalpers, if it's what even Carrie Silken, who's former Ring of Honor owner and a, I'd like to consider him a friend. Uh, 
his main fucking business is tickets, and he's quote unquote all in for that day. So there's there's a connection of a professional ticket guy there as well. I'm not, I'm not you know saying he did or did uh, didn't or did you know purchase tickets or anything like that, but if you can make money, make it. Um, the fact yep, they did sell out is impressive and. You know, just don't say bad behavior because you're you're trying to be a heel and you you're a legend, well, son. Well, and if you write bad behavior, you suck. The way to do that right too is not. I mean, I don't expect you to be fucking uber humble, but let's not be a dick about it either. Okay, you did good. Pass on the back. Our our uh, our you know that's should be handed out to whoever was in charge of all that stuff. Job well done. But let's not let the heads get too big. It's only one show. The WWE's been doing this shit for decades, and they don't sell out every show, not even close. So, how many yet, females? How many females yet, do you think bought a ticket? I don't. Probably fucking none. Probably. I bet you less than a percentage. <laughs> but uh, I did read uh, for a final note before we shut her down. That despite the shitty numbers that WWE does uh, ticket sales wise, the average WWE house show still profits forty thousand dollars a night. Yeah, that pays the bills. So you know, say what you want, but uh, I I would like to think if the guy who is running this all-in show has forty thousand dollars left in his pocket when everything is paid for, I'd be I'd be surprised. Because I don't know, I don't know I, uh, what tickets cost. It. I don't know what tickets cost of this thing, but they couldn't have been that expensive. Hey, since the clock's ticking, I have this weird uh, uh, hockey uh, thought and 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 wish. All right, well let's let's uh, finish up the roundtable with a hockey thought. Um, Ovechkin, I kind of want to win because he's always lost. Is he? Is it? Is that possible? It definitely is. The Capitals won again tonight. They're up two nothing. Um, so far they're looking like uh, unless there's a switch in that series it looks like they're at least going to get to the cup but by god the Win—you know, no no shame but the Winnipeg Jets fucking look like money but that's they've only won one game there's a long way you know seven game series fucking winning two even is no you know like I just said about let's not get the heads get get to let your head get too swollen same deal you know count it when it's four because it wouldn't be the first time somebody came back from 2-0 and, and wiped the team out. So you, you just right. never know. But, yeah, the Capitals are looking good. Everything's clicking right now. So you got a shot at that. No two ways around it. All right. I'd like well, there to you go. that. So on yeah. that note, I guess that's another Sunday night roundtable. I'd like to thank all the people who called, including the crazies. Because, like I said, that's a listen. Um, we did hear some outrageous stories from Tom and about Tom. Uh, I, however, never sang a single 80s rock song as per the uh, show description. But, uh, hey, these things happen. Um, thanks for everybody who's been listening. Our uh, numbers, uh, which we'll talk about later, Tom, uh, our numbers were spectacular for the uh, weekend. So uh, hats off to us, I guess. Um and, uh, you can uh, tune in again next Sunday when uh, 
I'm sure we'll probably get to hear more about cruises than we ever wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> hard to say. But, Waiting uh, with faded breath. Yeah, it might be the Sunday night cruise show. It's hard to say, but uh, on that note, uh, let's wrap her up for tonight. Night. We're, lo- we're looking yeah, forward yeah, to you getting back you. healthy. We love you, Nate. Healthy uh, and having fun. Fun stories. He knows that, but, you know, when you're not here, this is what happens. I fully expect if I don't, if I'm not around, that my balls will be busted. That is how it works. Um, so enjoy your uh, tour of uh, the bathhouses of Europe, and uh, that's it for me. All right, uh, we going home? I think so. I think I think that bits about sums it up. Uh, I guess I should uh, throw a few plugs out there. Uh, tomorrow uh, noon, two p.m. Eastern. Uh, Wide men can't score. And sometimes I'm starting to think that's a literal title. Uh, and uh, Wednesday, you can look forward to the stunning intellect, insider intellect of uh, guest host me on the uh, Wide Men Can't Jump flagship show, Wide Men Can't Jump, where we're going to lean on Tom Robinson's knowledge of basketball to get through a two-hour basketball show. And uh, well, there'll Friday, be, there'll ten, be three. Imp- there'll be three Friday important ten, games in. in- Set, yeah, we'll have lots of time. I'm yeah. not worried. Uh, Friday, uh, Tim and Tom, of course, who are uh, also the numbers are uh, staggeringly high. Somebody enjoys our or feels sorry for us. I'm not sure which, but I don't care uh, as long as they're listening. And yeah, yep. so that's it from me. All right, follow at TR Shock because I am the fucking greatest ever, and you suck. Well, not all is. All is we love, but you know that little little percentage sucks. <laughs> Anyhow, follow that to your shock and peace. That's we're out of here. Good night, everyone.